boys and girls. This is Miss Kathy. We're in the middle of the Christmas season, and we thought we'd bring you some stories from Guide's Greatest Christmas Stories. After the Christmas season, we'll be returning to our regularly scheduled shoebox mystery books. Christmas is a special time of year, a time to celebrate the birth of baby Jesus, who was born in a stable. Shepherds, after being serenaded by angels, rushed over to find the baby lying in a manger. Wise men, carrying gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, followed a bright star until it led them to the baby king. What about you? Will this Christmas bring you closer to Jesus? I hope so, and I hope that the Jesus of Christmas will live in your heart throughout the year. Helen Lee Robinson, Editor Christmas Dollar by John Dorland Jason sat opposite Grandma at their tiny table in the kitchen. On the green patterned tablecloth between them lay a well-worn dollar bill. Jason examined it carefully. Fine creases crisscrossed where previous users had folded it to tuck into pockets or billfolds or simply to clutch in a sweaty fist. One dog-eared corner curled obstinately, resisting the efforts of Jason's finger to smooth it out. One dollar, and the day after tomorrow would be Christmas. A boy could do a lot with a dollar back in the days just after World War II. Jason knew there would be a present for him. He had a suspicion that Grandma's knitting needles had been busy on a new cap, muffler, and mittens that would make his pre-dawn paper route that much more endurable in New England winter weather. But now visions of candy canes and model planes and other things dear to a 14-year-old heart drifted through his mind. Jason pulled himself up abruptly. In their house, money could be used only for essentials, even at Christmas. Half of Grandma's $50 a month pension went for the rent for their tiny apartment over Epstein's clothing store, new and used. Old Mr. Epstein had the reputation of being the stingiest man in town, but Jason knew how false that was. He knew how often Mr. Epstein had given Grandma more time to pay the rent, had found odd jobs for Jason, and had passed on usable clothing for him that could very well have gone on the store rack. Even now, he could almost hear Mr. Epstein's dry, high-pitched voice advising him. You mind your grandma, Jason. She's a good woman. She's worked hard for what little she has, and it's a real sacrifice for her to take in a big growing boy like you to help your mother out. You help her all you can. So Jason did all he could to help. He turned over to grandma most of the earnings from his paper route and his evening job of packing grocery bags in the supermarket. For the past two months, he had even denied himself the occasional penny or two he kept for a bit of candy and had saved up enough for the little bottle of perfume that lay brightly wrapped at the back of his drawer. Grandma just had to have a Christmas present. Now Jason looked from the dollar to Grandma and back again. Well, Jason, said Grandma as the lines of her face relaxed a little, what shall we do with the dollar? We've paid the rent. You will have a present and we'll have pie for dessert on Christmas Day. Now we have just one dollar left. You say, Grandma, Jason replied, you have to scrimp and save and go without so much of the time, and you always manage to feed us and find clothes for me. I want you to decide how that dollar should be used. You really mean that, Jason? You want me to decide what we should do with it, and you won't disagree? Of course not, Grandma. That's what I just said. You decide. All right then, Jason. We'll use it for a thank offering and put it in the plate at church tomorrow. Jason couldn't conceal his surprise. He'd expected Grandma to want a pair of gloves or some new slippers, or perhaps even the ingredients for a cake, but just give away their last dollar? Jason's jaw dropped open and stayed that way as he stared at her. That surprised you, didn't it? Grandma chuckled. But that's what I want to do with the dollar. Just think of all the good things that have happened to us this year. Neither of us has been sick, not even for a day. 
Our food has been simple, but we haven't gone hungry. And think how fortunate you were to get that job at the supermarket. And Mr. Epstein has been so kind to us, especially giving you your thick jacket. Yes, God has been good to us. He puts it in people's hearts to show kindness, and I want him to know how much we appreciate it. Don't worry about the dollar. If we have real needs, God will give the money back some way. During Grandma's talk, Jason's jaw gradually reverted to its normal position, and his eyes filled with understanding. Now he nodded his head. Everything Grandma had said was true, and if it took a whole dollar to show they appreciated these blessings, then that would be fine with him. All right, Grandma. I agree. I'm happy to give it, too. We'll put it in the offering plate tomorrow. And that's just what they did. When the elder announced the offering in church the next day, Grandma opened her purse, took out the dollar bill, and handed it to Jason. Jason placed it firmly, if just a shade reluctantly, in the offering plate. Goodbye, candy. Goodbye, model plane, he thought. But when the minister preached about what Jesus had given up in heaven in order to live and die in this world, Jason felt ashamed and told God inwardly that he actually wanted to give the dollar and that he really was thankful for such a fine Christian grandma as his. Sunset came early that Sabbath day, and Jason's brisk walk in the park sharpened his never-dull appetite so that Grandma's bean soup supper tasted better than usual. He was just spooning the last from his bowl when they heard footsteps laboring up the outside wooden stairway on the side of Epstein's store, coming toward their apartment. Who could be visiting them? Jason jumped up to open the door and was nearly knocked down by Mr. Epstein, almost totally concealed behind a large cardboard carton, which he seemed only too happy to deposit on the table. "'Merry Christmas, Mrs. Newcomb,' Mr. Epstein smiled. "'Merry Christmas, Jason. You'll excuse me for being a day early, but I thought you might like a day to do a little preparing. I want Christmas Day to be special for you.' The box was jammed full of the sort of groceries that Grandma and Jason seldom or never bought. Jason could see apples and oranges, a carton of fruit juice and cans of fruit. Jason even spotted a packet of candy canes tucked into one end of the box. Mr. Epstein departed as abruptly as he had come, amid Grandma's and Jason's rather incoherent thanks. Grandma looked at Jason, and Jason looked at Grandma, whose powers of speech seemed to have deserted her for the moment. Jason wasn't sure whether she was laughing or crying. "'You see,' she finally managed to say, "'Jason, you see how good God is?' We thought we were doing something for him, and he had already planned this lovely surprise for us. Oh, what a Christmas dinner we'll have! Then, for the second time that evening, footsteps rattled on the staircase. This time, Jason opened the door to admit Rachel Finlay, also burdened with a large sack of groceries. Now, if Mr. Epstein was considered the stingiest man in town, Rachel had the reputation of being the meanest woman. Jason didn't know her very well, but when they met, she always had a smile for Grandma and a curt nod for Jason. "'Didn't want you folks to have a thin Christmas,' Rachel announced, dumping her sack on the table by the box. Then she, too, departed, cutting short their thank-yous. Hardly had Rachel left when, for the third time that evening, they heard the sound of footsteps on the outside stairs. This time the steps were hurried and purposeful, as was the knock on the door. Jason sprang to open it. Mr. Dixon, his boss at the supermarket, stood there out of breath. Oh, Jason, we weren't going to open tonight because it's Christmas Eve, but so many customers have asked us to stay open for a couple of hours, and we need you to bag groceries. Do you think you could come until 8 p.m.? Why, sure, Mr. Dixon. I'll be right over. Jason grinned at Grandma. Well, now there will be two dollars to replace the one we gave away. Seizing his jacket and cap, he rushed out the door. Two hours later, he returned, his face beaming. 
Grandma, those people were so generous. They really appreciated my willingness to come out on Christmas Eve. Here's what I earned, plus tips for carrying bags to cars. He counted into his grandmother's hand seven dollars in bills and coins. He does, Grandma. God does bless us a lot more than we ever think. Last night I felt bad because we had only a dollar left for Christmas, and now we have seven dollars and all this wonderful food. Grandma, you're right. Grandma just smiled. There's a text, Jason, that says, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts 20, verse 35. And since God inspired that text, it is no surprise that he acts in the same way. Jason never has forgotten that Christmas of his boyhood. A few years later, he gave his heart to the Lord. He earned his way through college, entered the ministry, and has served both in the United States and as a missionary in Africa. When he sits down this year to his Christmas dinner, his mind will go back to that special Christmas of his youth when God inspired the town's social outcasts to show him genuine kindness and when the Lord repaid his grandmother's generosity sevenfold. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Christmas Stories, a compilation from various writers for Guide Magazine, edited by Helen Lee Robinson and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. As our special gift to you, we will be sharing one of these stories every day between now and Christmas. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. 